that every, every October on the 43rd week of the year, Susan and I make our annual trek on our vacation, right? <laughs> and so uh, we're usually gone uh, for, for uh, three Sundays because we take two full weeks and, and three weekends uh, to go uh, to our vacation spot uh, and it's called Nautical Watch. It's a small beach resort in Bel Air Beach and it's just south of Clearwater Beach uh, by Tampa and my grandfather lives uh, over on the east side of Tampa so we get to, to spend a week over there and visiting um, uh, family that is down there. My brother lives in Wesley Chapel and pastors uh, the same church that my grandfather pastored uh, 40 years ago. Oh my, that makes me feel old. Um, but, um, and then uh, my folks are in Orlando. And so anyhow, anyhow every year we make this trek and, and uh, it's one of Susan's favorite happy places, right? Yep. It is her happy place. And so, uh, I, and I think, it's, I think it's because everything there is familiar, um, it's comfortable, and, um, and, you know, it's only a 30-second walk from our door to the beach. I mean, it's that close. We're, we have a, a guaranteed room that is fixed. So we're not like most of the people that are there at this timeshare. They have to uh, register for their room uh, one week, one year, one week, and one day in advance uh, because they don't have very many fixed weeks. Well, we were uh, that my grandfather uh, gifted to us a fixed week, and so we're guaranteed that same room, so we're just like 30 seconds from the beach, no steps to deal with. It's, it's, it's really quite wonderful. Um, but it's like coming home each year to a place where, uh, where everything looks and smells and feels the same. Even the people that are there are, are like family that you see over a holiday. Uh, you, you just pick right up where you left off the last time you saw them. And, uh, and so uh, it's a great place to relax. And so all of this is, is true uh, for me except for one thing. It lacks adventure, right? Susan's not saying, no, it's peaceful. I love it. And so, uh, but anyhow, uh, Google... Uh, Google says uh, the, the definition of adventure is an unusual and exciting, exciting, typically hazardous experience or activity, especially the, the uh, exploration of unknown territory. And so I, I've been going there for 16 years now. Uh, I started going there with my grandpa on my very first sabbatical in, in uh, 2004, and so, um, and so I have gone as far as I can go in one day on my motorcycle, I, and I can go about maybe three, three and a half hours one way, it's pushing it, uh, and then still be able to get back by sunset and dinner uh, at, at the beach and where Susan and, and, and our friends are, and so for me, it lacks some adventure. Uh, that, that, I, that, I would, that I would like to have, but it does definitely provide relaxation. And so last week, Pastor Josh gave us an inspiring and challenging message on hospitality and how strangers become friends uh, as his last sermon to this congregation. And then Josh, he begins his new adventure in ministry at Catalyst Church in Pendleton, Indiana on December 5th. And so... The adventure 
begins for us here at First Church as we seek, with God's guidance, a new pastor. And so as this adventure begins, I believe our text this morning will prove helpful for each one of us. And so it, it, it begins with Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 to 14a, and it reads, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, peace, and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Amen. Amen. So when, when the people of Israel were exiled to Babylon, everything that they knew was turned upside down and inside out. Their homes, their families, even their worship. And so Jeremiah, he came with words of hope for a hopeless people. He told them to build, to plant, and to pray, even though they were in a strange land, even though they had been taken captive, even though. And so today, we might, be say, we might say something like this, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Essentially, Jeremiah is encouraging them. He is encouraging them to bloom where they are planted, to make the best of things, and to thrive despite their present situation. They were to do the best for the city they found themselves in, and most importantly, they were to remember God. God has a plan for you, good plans, great plans. Trust in God. And because of this, they will always, always have a hope. Have you ever felt hopeless? Yeah, I have many times uh, dealt with feelings of discouragement and despair. And in this life, we face all kinds of obstacles. Difficulties come uh, around that, that we just never thought would happen. They were just unimaginable. But people we love pass away. Divorce occurs. Friends abandon us. Situations change. But in this, God is with us always and forever. Amen? Amen? And so what did Jesus tell his disciples before he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane? He said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And then he said, In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Do you believe this? Do I believe this? Jesus is stronger than our greatest fears. Jesus is stronger than any and all barriers which get in our way. Jesus is stronger than hell. Jesus is stronger than death. He has overcome them all. And so we can trust him. We can have hope in the midst of, of a suffering and dying world, in the midst of troubles and hard times. 
Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Do you have peace this morning? God, in, in Jesus Christ, comes running after us, proclaiming all of these things. And the Holy Spirit of God works on us to bring us to the point where we are able to make the decision to accept God's acceptance of us. But it's all free will. Many people have said, and I'm sure you have heard, life is what you make it. And in many ways, I believe that's true. But we are given the great privilege and responsibility to live into living the kind of lives that Jesus has come to offer us. I love how Paul puts it in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. He says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God created in advance for us to do. You see, doing God's will for our lives is what brings us peace and happiness. Doing God's will for our lives is what brings us hope. Making the decision to live into God's great plans is the key to life. And so what an adventure it is. What an adventure that we are on. Last Sunday, I was walking around the church, and, and there were so many people uh, working so hard to get ready for Sunday morning here at First Church. Uh, there were people volunteering their time at gathering grounds. There were greeters. There were the, the worship team, the sound, and the video support. There was children's ministry serve teams and teachers and helpers and check-in staff. This place was teeming with life. It was an exciting place to be. And this was God's plan for his church, to be involved in ministry. Are you living into it? If not, if you're not involved in, in a serve team, you're missing out on being a blessing and being blessed. Uh, it is, it's, it's living proof that if, if we do what God is calling us to do, God will take whatever we have. He'll take whatever we have. No matter how small the amount, no matter how weak we might feel, no matter how poor or how untalented we might think we are, and he will multiply it. When we seek God's will, we can trust that God will work in and through each one of us. Again, he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all 
your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Something very reassuring about that. Pastor John, or not Pastor John, Pastor Josh, he's not even gone a week and I forgot his name. (laughs) If you're watching, Josh, sorry. Uh, Pastor Josh has been blessed to be with us for eight years. And so when he came to us, uh, he was married with no children. That kind of sounds similar to another TV show. Um, But he was married with no children. And you have loved and nurtured Judah, Evie, and JT. You have loved and embraced and encouraged Emily. You have been Christ to them. You have called him pastor. You have called him friend. And now the time has come for him and his family to leave. God has plans, plans to prosper them and not to harm them, plans to give them a hope and a future. In the the near future, we will have a new pastor. And I know change is difficult. Will you have, you know, will he have the same sense of humor as Josh? I hope not. (laughs) Sorry, Josh. (laughs) Love you, bud, (laughs) if you're watching. But he may not have the same sense of humor. But they will have a wonderful and unique personality. A personality that this church needs at this point in our ministry. This is something that we must make the decision now to accept and believe. Life is what you make it, they say, and it's all about attitude. This is going to be good. I know it's going to be good. It's going to be good because God is in it. Because God's will will be done. And so, will you live into it? It's up to you and it's up to me. This is an exciting time in the church. This is real. This is true. It's happening. This is a brand new adventure that is unfolding before us. And so, As we move into that new adventure that is before us, I have invited Pastor John Majeski and Pastor Brandon uh, to lead us in a special time of prayer as we live into what God has in store for us here at First Church. Pastor John, you guys can come forward. Pastor John has uh, led us, uh, will lead us in prayer for our leadership. And Pastor Brandon will lead us in prayer, uh, specific things in prayer for our congregation. And so, John, will you come and lead us? I just have a few things I want to share with you. Uh, I had my uh, booster shot and have some uh, reaction to it, but I still feel a little woozy, but I'm glad to be here. And I want to thank God for the word of God that Pastor Doug has shared with us. Uh, Years ago, I heard a scholar 
who taught men and young men and young women uh, how to do pastoral work in the university where he was. And I remember a statement that he made about preaching. And he said, uh, preaching is the Holy Spirit flowing through sanctified personality. I like that definition. It's really true. Preaching is the Holy Spirit flowing through sanctified personality. And I found out that leadership in the church, the elders, the stewards, the staff, and the search committee, leadership is the Holy Spirit flowing through sanctified personalities. And uh, you will be the instrument uh, along with the congregation that will help us to find the divine will of God. Now, in a moment, I'm going to ask the uh, elders, the stewards, the staff, and the search committee to stand wherever you're at. And I want all of us to uh, aim our uh, hands or arm toward them as, as I pray for them and as you pray for them for God's rich anointing uh, on their lives as they work in the kingdom. Now, these uh, elders, stewards, staff, and search committee, all of you are different. You have different backgrounds. You're different in your learning. You're different in age. There are some men and some women. Despite this diversity, the Holy Spirit flowing through your sanctified personalities can bless and produce oneness, harmony, and God-wrought consensus. There's nothing so beautiful in the kingdom as God-wrought consensus. When people get together praying and working together to glorify God, God brings a consensus. And in the church of God, we believe in the divine appointment of pastoral leadership. So God's spirit will flow through your life and help the church to get to that place where they can find a God-wrought consensus. Now, I'd like all of you leaders, uh, elders, stewards, staff, and search committee to stand at this time, wherever you're at. You may just stand. Okay. Now, uh, other people here, would you, uh, would you just uh, direct your prayers? If you want to stand, you can stand. Uh, aim your hands, your arm, or your voice toward these as I pray and you pray uh, uh, that God would anoint them, that God would manifest his spirit through them, and, and they would be the instruments in which God will bring that which we need here. Let us pray. Blessed Holy Spirit, comforter, given by Christ to lead us, guide us, and to manifest your presence. Fill the elders, fill the stewards, fill the staff, fill the search committee. Flow through their sanctified personalities that your will will be done and that the Father will be glorified. Glorified as the adventure begins here at the Talmud's Church of God. Amen and amen.
Would you bow your heads? And as we pray this, uh, would you just hold your hands open? I'm going to pray for the congregation. Lord, we know that we find ourselves in a time of transition. And these times can feel shaky. Um, They can feel a little nerve-wracking and scary and sad. Um, But we know that you are with us every step. And so today we just proclaim that, that you are with us. Um, that you are with First Church and that you are for um, First Church and that you call people um, to different places of ministry for different seasons. Um, And just like you have called Josh um, and his family away, you're calling someone here. Um, And so I want to just pray um, for us that we remain focused on you in this time. Help us to keep our eyes on you, Jesus. I pray that we would know um, why we meet, why we exist, um, that it's for your glory, um, to love you and to love others well. So help us to do that. Keep us focused, Lord. I know that there are many of us um, who are going through a grief process, who are sad um, to say goodbye to our, to our brother and our, our sister and our friend. Um, Lord, I pray that we would grieve well. Lead us through these times. Um, I pray that you would give us peace, that you would give us comfort, that we would go through the emotions that we need to find, but that we would do it um, in a way that honors you and honors each other. Lord, may we not underestimate um, that Satan wants to trip us up personally and also as a church. Uh, May we be aware of the ways that he is going to try to intervene. Um, Help us to use wisdom Um, and faith. I pray that we would not um, create dissension. I pray that we would um, be able to speak um, in a way that is honoring and loving towards each other, that if we have anything, that we um, would bring it out in the open and and handle it well. Lord, I know that... um, These times can feel like forever. Um, They may take a long time, but Lord, help us to be patient. Your timing is perfect, and you know far better than us how long um, this process needs to go. So Lord, we just pray that your will would be done in your time. And Lord, above all else, may we just cling to you cling to the love that we have for you. Lord, I pray that we would um, trust our leadership, trust that you are leading um, those on the search committee, those on the staff, and those on the elders and the stewards that that you are in control and that you have put people in place um, to carry out your mission. I pray that we would um, trust them and go to them if we have anything that we need to, to process or discuss. And Lord, um, it says in John's gospel, you say to remain in you. Apart from you, we can do nothing. So help us to remain in you and as a church. Lord, cling to us as we cling to you and lead us, God. We are excited for what you're going to do. We know that you are moving. 
So we just thank you for that. We thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want you to take a look at the screen. It says, trust in God's plan for you to give you a hope and a future. And so this morning, I want to challenge you and to charge you to make these following statements that I'm going to read your own. And so I will read the statement, and if you only, you know, if you agree, I don't want you to say it just because someone else is saying it. But I'm going to read the statement, and if you agree with that statement, will you please respond, I choose. Will you do that with me? Let's begin. I choose to embrace my new pastor and be excited about the future. I choose to believe that this pastoral change is God's will and God's will is good and is what is best for me and for this church. I choose to be open in mind and spirit to what God has to offer and embrace it all as it comes. I choose to always look at the bright side of life. I choose to release all of my fears and doubts, knowing that they are all self-created, keeping me away from achieving great things. I choose to step into the unknown, knowing that in the unknown lies my freedom, my opportunity for growth. I choose to celebrate the past, be confident about the future, and to always be present in the now. I choose to share my unique gifts and talents with the church and the world. I choose to be loving toward myself and the world around me. And lastly, I choose to have faith, knowing that things will always work out for the best as long as I remain in Jesus Christ, my Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.